0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to be talking about pee. I know we're all so excited, but we're going to be talking more specifically about potty training. Potty training has been a thing in our family that has been such a surprise. If any, some of you have heard my previous podcast where I talked about how my oldest potty trained really easy and it was great. But then you sometimes come across times when it's difficult for a child. And sometimes when you have a really difficult child, they will do it just because. I was talking to some friends the other day and they were talking about how their child has autistic traits and their child, you know, would just pee on the floor because for some reason it seems like a good idea. And there have been Definite instances of rege- revenge pee in our home. And and how could I put this? Uh like obstinate incontinence that have happened in our house. And I'm just I just made that up, but I am loving that. Where where somebody has used their potty issues as a force of evil. <laughs> They've used it against me. <sighs> One of the not fun parts of being the parent of a hard kid. But we're going to talk about potty training in general. We're going to talk about the different types of things there are, the ways to clean things up effectively. We're just going to be talking a lot about pee. Now, there, of course, are other issues that come with potty. I feel like that, you know, those are big issues too. But I feel like the the number one side of thing ends up being a bigger issue. I don't like talking about this. This isn't like super fun for me. But I wished I'd had someone to help me out as I went through my years of learning. So I'm going to do that for you the best I can tell you all the things that I've learned, tell you all the hurdles that we've crossed. And maybe in some way it can be helpful for you. So first things first, just as a basic potty training rule, you know that children potty train at different levels. One of the reasons that makes boys harder to potty train is because when it comes to the ability to, you know, stop things and hold things, there are muscles that genuinely do not sometimes form properly until the child is older. So it can be structural issues In so many ways, in boys that just aren't really there for girls. So, structurally and physiologically, it can just be harder for boys to potty train. Now, some of you are like, why would it be harder? I mean, the boys, you just send them outside. (laughs) And you know what? That's true. You probably could if that was your thing, but it wasn't my thing. And it was a really hard lesson to learn that it can be very tricky. There were times when I was speaking to a urologist and he was saying it can be a plethora of structural reasons why your male child or even female child isn't figuring this out. Also, I know a lot of you who if your child has this issue, I know that it is because you already know you might have a very deep sleeper. I've had a deep sleeper. And I have just been like, I don't understand. Like, why in the world would you be okay with this? And we tried the alarms and we tried, you know, getting them up every like three hours at nighttime, we tried everything that we could think of to get this to work. And it never worked. I there's not a product out there that is out there that we haven't tried. (laughs) Like there's even like a program. And my husband was about to buy the program. And I was like, No, I was like, we are in a point where we're almost done with this. We're not spending $300 on this program. So I haven't done the program. But I feel like we've tried everything else. So some helpful things right off if your child is not getting it, I'm just gonna say, it's okay there are children who sometimes don't even learn how to get control of this issue till 14, 15, 16. Like they are very rare and it definitely is possible that you have one of those kids. But what I want to say is it's also possible to deal with this situation in a way that doesn't make you insane. And I wish I had figured a few things out a little earlier just for regular potty training situation. But, if you take these extra precautions for yourself, you can find that that this is a very manageable situation as you wait for their body to properly form or you wait for them to figure out whatever it is they figure out. The general rule is if they're over the age of six, you talk to your pediatrician because they do have medications that can help a child to be able to make it through the night without issue. So that's really beneficial. So definitely talk to your pediatrician anytime you're past a point where you are concerned but know that with boys you're okay for it's not fun of course you want your kid to be potty trained because diaper changing is awful but you know what's worse than diaper changing potty training <laughs> It is the worst. They actually say, and this is a bad statistic that's no fun, that most children are physically abused during the potty training cycle because it is such a difficult time. So if you haven't headed into it, go into it saying, you know what, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be awful. It's going to be hard. They're not going to get it. And then if they do get it, then bonus. But if not, you'll be mentally prepared. So let's say you're in this issue. Your child's not getting it you can buy the alarm. A lot of people really like the alarm. The alarm didn't work for us, but a lot of people really like the alarm. So you can buy buy the alarm, buy the little mat. There's like a little pad that kind of does the same thing as the alarm, where if it gets wet, it reacts. Personally, I like the one that attaches to the, the clothing because I feel like it's faster in response than when it has already seeped through the clothing. But again, still wasn't very effective. However, I don't not recommend it. I still think this is a good product. We had a time when my husband spent a month and a half in the room and would wake up my child. That works for some people, but for some people it doesn't. And you're just going to end up in a situation where you are stressed out and you are overwhelmed. So here are my suggestions just to make the situation manageable. The first thing you can do is you can go to a fabric store and buy a vinyl sheeting that is the same size as your bed, a little bit bigger so that it hangs off the side. So this vinyl sheet that we used went over the mattress so that we didn't have to care about the mattress because you know if your child has this issue that it is getting that out of the mattress is half of the battle. So if it is, you don't have the vinyl sheet yet, and you do have the mattress, one of my recommendations is a steamer. A lot of people use a lot of, you know, cleaners. And if you find a good cleaner, that's great, use it. But I have found that a steamer works really well because it gets pretty deep into the fabric. And it kills the bacteria with the steam. And then you're able to have a a non-smelly mattress and this also works for carpet. So if you have issues with carpet or rugs or things like that. Now, of course, be careful with a rug if you have a hardwood floor because if you steam something on a hardwood floor, then you're going to have a lot more problems than if you steam it on like the regular subfloor. So be aware of that. Know that, you know, I in our case the steamer got all the way through the pad and it was It was great. The carpet pad wasn't smelly, turned out lovely. Totally recommend it for everybody to get a steamer for these situations. Some people have like a pet vacuum that will clean up pee. I I even recommend this for animals. I think anytime you have this, a steamer will help get it out. But if you have a hardwood floor, make sure something is going underneath that. Make sure you wipe off your hardwood floors because urine will ruin your hardwood floors. But make sure when you're steaming that you have, wipe that down and put something impermeable, something plastic underneath it so that it doesn't ruin your hardwood floors and then allow it to dry without the wet touching the hardwood floor. Does that make sense? So... That has been the absolute best way to get the smell out because I can assure you this is one of my least favorite smells in the entire world now. I hate it. It also helps around the toilet. You know when you have little boys who are not exceptional at aiming that it just it just gets the smell out and it makes the world a better place. So then You do have the issue. I'm going right back to the vinyl. The vinyl moves around. So you can either stitch on to some um, of the corners a little bit of an elastic band because you can sew on vinyl with a sewing machine and it works just fine. But you can stitch that on with an elastic band to keep it tight, which is nice. But if you don't, just know that it will move around and eventually it does crack. But one of the things that we did, we had to do because my one who had a problem was ironically a super deep sleeper as well as he was like a tossle around kind of sleeper. So the thing would always pop up and it would always move over. So finally, I just put a foam mattress pad over his mattress and then put everything on top of that because the mattress was expensive. The mattress pad wasn't expensive in comparison. I would rather buy a new mattress pad than a new mattress. So I put the mattress pad down and then I put everything over the top that I would have put over the top. So I had the mattress pad and then I had the vinyl and then I had the, the pad that goes on your mattress anyway. And I put that over so that it had as much protection as possible because as much as I want to save the mattress, I also don't want the smells. So I admit, we got we got our bases covered here. But they also have, for those of you who can't do that, or for ho- those of you who are traveling, they do have potty sheets. You know how you get them for your dog and your dog is potty training? They have them for kids and and there's little sticky pads on the back. And that is the difference between doggy training pad and then these more expensive ones is just the sticky on the back. So if you can figure out a way to stick it down, you can stay in a certain spot on your bed and then if there is an issue, you can just roll that up and throw it away and get rid of a lot of the things. But this is an additional cost and that has its own issues. Know that you can also use, you know, a special blanket. And it can be that blanket and you can plan on having the blanket there, fold it over halfway, and you can wash it, you know, every day. One of the reasons the disposable is nice is because you can throw it away. But one of the reasons the blanket is nice or to have two blankets that you rotate is because I mean they're not disposable, so trash is an issue, but also it might be cheaper in the long run depending on how long the issue persists. So that can be great. And another thing that was really helpful to us with the undernight pants, the potty training pants, they go up quite large in size. So if you have a child who's old, there are pants there for you. But also for those of you in America, there and probably anywhere else, especially if you have socialized healthcare, you can get your insurance to pay for this. If you go to your doctor, sometimes the doctor can say, Oh, this is an issue. And then you can talk to your insurance company, definitely talk to your insurance company, because in America, you know that every insurance plan is different, and covers different things. But sometimes your insurance will cover that issue. And you'll be able to get those nighttime pants. That's what we call them nighttime uh, pants, because I don't once your child hits a certain age, you don't want to use the word diaper anymore. You just so we call them nighttime pants. And you're able to get that at a either a discount or totally paid for or in your um, health savings account. And you can get that covered because I know that that's a big cost. So you can go and you can have, sometimes it's even best that you're like, I don't want any pants on you. I just want you to wear that. And other times You can buy, one of the things we did is we went to Walmart and we bought this five pack of basketball shorts and those are the nighttime shorts. So they all look like each other and they are all the ones we use so that, you know, every time you go to bed, you're in those shorts so that they can kind of be the ones that if there's an issue, they, you know, they are the ones that you deal with the issue. (laughs) I don't want to say it. (laughs) they're the ones that catch all of the stuff and then you can wash them and they're just set that way. So your nice pajamas are for, you know, that you use and during when you're running about the house for whatever. And when you get to your room, you switch to these other pajama bottoms because I hated it being ruined. I hated my nice pajamas that I'd buy for Christmas or for birthdays. I hated them being ruined. And if you have a child that has a really big problem, you know that this smell like permeates in the clothing. And so then you're worried. You're so worried that it didn't get washed well. You're so worried for some reason, sometimes it just, I don't know if I just have like a super hypersensitivity to it because there have been times when i'm like no i have to wash it again and my husband's like i don't smell anything and i'm like no i can smell it you know <laughs> i hate it so to always have these nighttime pajama shorts really helped stop all of that stress that happened in the other part of the day i also really liked having the nighttime diaper nighttime nighttime undies because then it was a specific thing that didn't have, I didn't have to worry that the smell was still there. I didn't want my child to worry about any of that at school. I didn't, I didn't want any of that. So I made it a totally separate set of stuff. So the shirt could be the same, but the shorts were always the bedtime shorts. And that was really helpful for us. Another thing that I learned is being compassionate. Because there does hit a point, you know, you're frustrated because you really want them to learn. Why aren't they learning? They're intelligent. Why aren't they learning? And then there hits a point where you realize that they kind of want this to be over as much as you do. They don't want to smell like that. They don't want to wake up like that. They don't want to worry about this they want this over. And especially when you're upset, like this is, this is something they don't want either. And so to be compassionate and remember that this is a person who has to deal with this. And then they have to deal with a frustrated parent on top of it. Now, I know that a lot of parents use frustration as a teaching tool, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, but just remember this is a person. This is a kid, a real kid, a real kid who not only this isn't the issue like we have as a parent where we're like, I have this kid that is not getting this. They're the one not getting it and they know it already. And if they have like the kind of ADHD where they're fairly dismissive or if they have autism and they kind of dismiss it or sometimes things can be so severe that they don't really grasp it you know that's a maybe a different case but for most kids that have this issue they know it and it's hard for them and i remember hitting this point where i would just sort of cheer my child on and say i think you're going to get it this year i think this is the year it's going to happen and and don't don't worry you know what and i ended up having to learn about all of the different reasons that this could be happening, and saying to this child, hey, these are the reasons this could be happening. And this might be what it is. And it might not be because of this. And we know that you are intelligent enough to get this. We know that this is hard for you. Let's try this this time. And it was it was like we came together. My child didn't think I was against them. But we were able to come at it from a place that's like, and I remember sitting one time too and saying, you know what, we have tried everything I know how to try. So what we're going to work on is making sure that we stay on top of all of these things that are helpful, making sure that nighttime undies get in the garbage and making sure that if anything has a smell, we wash it instantly. Like those kind of things where we're going to get this habit down because this other one isn't happening. And it took years, but it eventually happened. (laughs) It eventually did. And there are times when you're going to sit there and you're going to say to yourself, no, this has been too long. It has been too long. This has taken too much time. And I'm going to say, Life doesn't care about whether or not you're tired of it. Life doesn't care. It's not going to make your child sleep any lighter. It's not going to make, you know, the smells go away. It doesn't matter. You have to lace up your bootstraps, tighten them up, tie them tight and get to work because life is going to be hard. It's going to be hard for your child who has to deal with this and it's going to be hard for you as the parent because life is just hard sometimes. It doesn't owe you a simple, easy to potty train child. That's not life. Life is ups and life is downs. And one of the best ways you can show love to your child is by making sure your boots are on and they're tied correctly and you're ready to get to work for this child. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. And I know it's easy for me to say, but I can also tell you, I know what it is like. I know what it's like to wake up and have this be the issue. I know what it's like to have this be the issue for years. And I can still tell you that my best advice Is you can be very structured, but know your child is a person and needs your compassion, your structure, and your knowledge. And now after that very intense moment, I will talk about cleaners. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys. (laughs) I would segue that in a better way, but I honestly don't know how. So the best cleaners that have worked for us, I think OxyClean has been really fantastic. I also recommend staying away from any harsh florally kind of fragrance smells or any fragrance smells because that can kind of mask the issue. And then when the fragrance smells go away, the issue is still there. So I actually really recommend if you can find an all natural soap, I find they're a little bit better at getting any of the smells out. One of the best things I ever did for myself is I made my own laundry detergent. And I made it with OxyClean and I made it with like this natural soap. And then I had some baking soda. And I put them all together and made something that got the smell out every time. It was amazing. It would even do it on the cold cycle. I could just, it just was so, I'm going to use the term harsh, even though I, it wasn't like it was hard on my clothing, the clothing and the, and the things that came through didn't like lose their color fast or anything. And it didn't like make them like that hard kind of texture, but I'm going to use harsh because it was really harsh on those odors. It got them out every time. Well, I would say like 98% of the time. So I was just really pleased and would would and still pick it even though this isn't quite the issue that we had before. I, I would still pick it every time. So now I want to round the circle back and talk about when your child does these behaviors out of anger, frustration, or just sort of general dysregulation. If your child is dysregulated, they can most absolutely anywhere and everywhere just because their brain is not functioning well. I think I have told the story about my foster son who would try to poop on me every time he sat on me. Like kids will use this as a way to express themselves just like they would crying and screaming. And it's awful. And when I, I haven't really talked about the whole number two business, but one of the best things I can say, and I think I've said it, is when they do it out of anger, make sure that they are always have permission to go to the bathroom. When they're throwing a fit and they're like, I have to go to the bathroom and you know that they're just doing it so that they get out of timeout or whatever it is that they're in and you just say, OK, you know, go ahead. You have three minutes or, you know, be right there at the door knocking and and saying, Kate, it's been long enough, it's time for you to get out or whatever, you know, you can structure it in a way, just make sure that they always do. Because if a child is going to use it as a weapon against you, if you use it as a weapon against them, because of your frustration, and you're saying, No, you're in timeout for 10 minutes. And it's not 10 minutes, you can wait till the end of 10 minutes. Instead, just say, Okay, but I'm I'm pausing the timer. Because if you use that as a weapon against them, they will most definitely use it as a weapon against you if they are anything like (laughs) the reactive attachment children that I've had in my life. So that is my word of caution. But know that sometimes and I especially am cautious about autistic children, children who don't quite process like a majority of the population their choices can seem really logical to them. And so when you're trying to figure it out, if your child is verbal and your child is capable of making conversation about this, you can ask them and say, when they're calm, say, I want to know why you did that because that seems like a really bad choice to me. It seems really difficult. And a lot of people are like, you know what, I'm going to have them clean it. I couldn't do that because it was never clean Nicely, and I say that like I'm ODD, but when it comes to you know pee and bathroom stuff, I am I am. I hate it. I hate it so much. But I remember one time when I'm dealing with fecal smearing, which is when you take number two and they and they paint around with it and it's disgusting. And I remember thinking to myself, if I act like I hate it, she will keep doing this. If I act like I dislike it, it will never end. So I would take my, you know, bleach stuff. And I would say, Oh, you know, if you do this, and you're going to be known as the kid that puts poop everywhere. And, and you're going to have to approach this with every child differently. But because I know this particular child's currency is other people and how they value them, I would say, you know, this is going to affect the way that other people see you. Because it does and and it wasn't like I was trying to be manipulative. I wasn't trying to be manipulative. I was trying to say, you know what? If people find out you're smearing fecal matter all over your bathroom or all over your bedroom, they're going to be thinking of you differently. And it's not in your best interest to do this. And I would speak like this to my three-year-old and my, you know, when she turns four and then when she turns five, like, I would just be very matter of fact, because... I needed her to know that this was not a good thing for her because if she just thought it wasn't a good thing for me, this would have been repeated way more often. This actually wasn't a huge thing for her. I mean, we definitely had instances in our home, but this wasn't a a big thing for her. And this might be an incorrect correlation, but I kind of credit it to the fact that I... I approached it in this manner. I do give credit to that. I'm not sure if that's 100% why. But I like to think so. (laughs) I think it's good advice. I, I really do because it really worked out for us. So hopefully it's still good advice for everybody. But one of the best things that you can do when it comes to your child having issues with either incontinence, meaning they have no control or obstinance, meaning they do, <laughs> obstinate incontinence, then your best bet is to just say, I know it's going to be hard. I can do hard. I know it's going to be ridiculous. I can do ridiculous. And give yourself the credit for the strength that you do have inside. I know you're exhausted. I know this issue is so long and so infuriating. But you do do have it inside you to fight this battle. You do have it inside you to fight this battle in a way that your child still feels like an important person on this planet and that you can still get work done. Because the truth is a lot of these behaviors are going to happen whether you lose your mind or not. And losing your mind only puts you farther behind. It puts your child farther behind. It creates this whole layer of complex emotions that is not beneficial to you. It is not beneficial to them. And it's not beneficial to the situation. It just makes everything worse. So if you can frame your mindset in the beginning to say, okay, I see we have a problem here. I see what the problem is. I'm not going to do my part to make it worse. I'm just going to get ready for battle and know that the days are going to be long. The nights are going to be hard. But I got this. And if you need to cry on the floor sometimes, goodness knows I'm a big fan of crying on the floor and getting up and getting back ready to fight. Thank you guys for joining I really hope that when it comes to especially this issue, that it doesn't take you down. And that it becomes manageable issue. Because I mean, at the very least, one day, they're going to turn 18. And it's going to be their own problem. But chances are, when they get a certain age, they'll be able to take a lot of this on for themselves, a lot of this to help themselves. And you can do it. You can both do it. You can all do it. And I wish you all the best in the world. Thanks again.